Praise God. This is going to be a little bit different of a message today, but I want to preach to you a message entitled, In the Last Days. In the Last Days. And I, we're going to be reading quite a bit of Scripture uh, as we discuss this and as we go through this. So I trust that you, one, brought your Bibles, or at least something that you can access a Bible, uh, and Turn with me, first of all, to the book of 2 Timothy, chapter 3. But this week, I just, uh, you know, just was contemplating what to preach about, and it seems as though, you know, the more and more we, we live in our world, there becomes less of an emphasis upon what it is that we're dealing with in the world and how we as believers are to face those particular situations. Uh, And the more I began to think about the first century church, the early church, uh, just after Jesus ascended into heaven and the kind of world that those believers lived in and what it was that they had to deal with and they had to face and go through, I began to think about the fact that we really still in this country have it easy compared to what those early apostles and those early believers had to face and the things that they would often have to deal with. We know that out of that Christianity arose and has is is deeply rooted in the Old Testament system of Judaism. We we are are tied to it. We inextricably we can't uh, we cannot extract ourselves from it. It is, it is part of the heritage of the Christian faith. Therefore, as believers, we stand with the nation of Israel. We pray for the people of God. We pray for those, uh, for the Jews even today, that God would minister to them, that He would bless them, that He would point them to Christ, and that they would be pointed to Jesus. But we stand with them. But they are faced with great troubles and great difficulties. But today in this world that we live in, it is fast becoming a world where evil is out of control. Where the the evil that we see even in our society is often fueled by and backed by those that are in power and in leadership in our country. We look at some of the things that we are faced with today as believers. And brothers and sisters, we are dealing with those things that are an uphill battle and an uphill climb. But we have to take courage from the Word of God. We have to go to the Word of God and find out what it is that we must be on guard about and at the same time how it is that we are to face these battles and to face these struggles. We are living in the last days. You say, Pastor, I've heard that for years. I grew up in church and I used to hear people talk about it. Well, i got to tell you that actually the early apostles were living in the last days. The last days, as it were, is a period of time that was ushered in when the early church, when the Holy Spirit was poured out and the early church began, that began a period of time of the last days. You say, but wait a minute, that seems to be a long period of time to say the last days. Yes, because God lives a long, long time. We have to remember that He is eternal. 
But we, you know, I used to hear my father preach about it, and my father, you know, my father had a gift for uh, being able to handle prophecy. I have yet to be able to acquire that gift. But I would often hear my dad preach about the coming of the Lord and preach about the fact that we were living in the last days. My father has long since gone to be with Jesus. And I began to think, well, you know what? That was then, and he believed that we were living in the last days, but we are living in the last days. And how much closer are we to the coming of the Lord now than we were then? So we have to keep in mind that we are living in the last days. But what are some of the things that are going to happen? What are some of the things that we're going to be dealing with? I want us to dive immediately into Scripture right now, and I want us to read, we're going to read a number of uh, scriptures in 2 Timothy chapter 3. We're going to read a number of scriptures over in 2 Peter chapter 3. And then a little bit later on in the message, we're going to go back to the book of Acts in chapter 2. But I want to read this and let's start at verse 1. Because this is what Paul says. He says, but mark this, there will be terrible times in the last days. Now he talks about what we will see in people's lives. I know that oftentimes the world has the moniker, one of the most misquoted scriptures in all of the Bible is, don't judge lest you be judged. That is not, the Bible is not telling us not to judge anything. We have to lean on scripture. God has already judged. That's what the Word of God is for. It gives us a blueprint of what God has judged, and therefore we can make a judgment, not in a condemning way, but in a guide, guideline kind of way for our own lives. We can judge for ourselves, and if you have a family for your children, we are able to judge on their behalf and guide them and direct them and lead them. But listen to what the Bible says about people in the last days. It says people will be lovers of themselves. Lovers of money. Boastful. Proud. Abusive. Disobedient to their parents. Ungrateful. Unholy. Without love. Unforgiving. Slanderous. Without self-control. Brutal. Not lovers of the good. Treacherous. Rash. Conceited. Lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. Now I want you to get this. This next verse is very important because all of that seems like these are evil people who are outside of the church. Who are outside of, you know, they're out on the street doing, doing terrible things. But listen to what Paul says. Having a form of godliness but denying its power, and he says, have nothing to do with such people. In other words, it seems like these individuals are people who are trying to worm their way, and we're going to read about that in just a moment, worm their way into the church and into the body of believers to look like one of us, but not live like one of us. I want you to listen, brothers and sisters, Jesus said these words to his disciples. He said, you will know them by their fruits. 
And if we're not bearing any kind of fruit that shows that we're living a holy life, then how in the world is it possible for us to be claiming Christianity? Do you know that there are churches today where they're full of people who are claiming they're slapping a label of Christianity on them, but they forget to follow along with the life? Let's just keep reading for a moment. They are the kind who worm their way into homes and gain control over gullible women who are loaded down with sins and are swayed by all kinds of evil desires. Always learning, but never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. If there is ever a scripture in which some of our academic institutions are finding themselves, it is that verse of scripture. It typifies Modern academia typifies what's going on in our colleges today. They're always learning, but never able to come to the knowledge of the truth because in many ways what's happening is they have been told, and our generation has been told, a lie that says you cannot know truth. And I'm here to tell you today that you can know truth. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Brothers and sisters, when we come to know Christ, we come to know the truth. There is truth that can be known in the world. For anybody who meets up with a professor, some young person, if you're going back to school, you're going back to college or whatever it might be, you meet up with a professor who says you cannot know truth, you can simply raise your hand and say, do you believe that statement to be true? Because if they believe there is no truth and they are holding on to the truth of what they're saying, they have just contradicted themselves. Brothers and sisters, we are living in a time in the last days where there are people who have a form of godliness, but they deny the power that is associated with it. And I've got to ask the question, why have a form of godliness if you're going to deny the power of God that can come into a person's life and change their lives forever? Why even bother with it? Let's go on. The Bible says this, just as Janus and Jambres opposed Moses, these are some of the, uh, those, those um, of Pharaoh's uh, men who tried to oppose Moses when Moses came before him. The Bible says, they, uh, so also these teachers opposed the truth. They are men of depraved minds who as far as the faith is concerned are rejected. But they will not get very far because as in the case of those men, their folly will be clear to everyone. The nonsense that they are purporting is becoming clear and it will be clear to those who are holding to the truth of the Word of God. I'm going to stop reading right there. We'll come back to... Second uh, Timothy in, in a little while to find out what the antidote to all of this. But go over to Second Peter chapter 3. Second Peter chapter 3. Like I said, this is a little bit different today. And we're reading a lot of scripture, but I believe that the word of God will not return void to us. The Bible says this, Second Peter chapter 3 and verse, uh, let's go to verse 3. Let's just start at verse 3. Peter says this, above all, you must understand that in the last days, scoffers will come. Maybe your translation says mockers. And they scoffing and following their own evil desires. 
Brothers and sisters, you've got to know that in America today, what is the truth, what is, is the fact that while we were founded on Christian principles, America today is so far from God, we can't even begin to think that this nation is anymore a Christian nation. Would to God that it were. I was so blessed a little while ago by the nation of Kenya and their leaders who stood up and they stood up to some of the nonsense that's actually going on in this country and in this nation. And they said, as for us, we follow God. We follow after God. We are a Christian nation. And this is from their, their prime minister, or their president. I'm not sure what they have. But he stood and said these words. We will not follow after what America is doing. But we will follow God. I want you to know, brothers and sisters, blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord. We have got to come to the place where we recognize that in the last days we are living with scoffers and mockers all around us. In our schools, in our, in our, in our higher education institutions, it is full of those who are ready to attack the gospel of Jesus Christ. We've got to know, brothers and sisters, beyond a shadow of a doubt, that there is nothing more than the enemy that is behind it all, and he is doing his best to bring your faith down and to discourage you from following God with all your heart, your souls, and mind. This is why I know that we are living in the last days because you look around us and there are mockers and there are scoffers and there are people who are disrespecting the Word of God. They don't care what the Bible says. They think it's full of a bunch of fairy tales. But I want you to know that Paul told Timothy, we'll read it in just a little bit, but Paul told Timothy that all Scripture is inspired and, and God breathed. And I want you to know that it can be depended on, it can be trusted in, and it can help change your life and change the lives of those around you. Listen, you don't have to, become, have to become like the culture in order to win them. You just need to live a life that pleases and honors God. But the Bible says, and Peter says it, we have to understand that, that in the last days, scoffers or mockers will come scoffing and following their own evil desires. The Bible says this. Now I want you to listen to this. Verse 4. They will say, where is this coming? He promised. Hmm. Ever since our ancestors died, everything goes on as it has since the beginning of creation. But they deliberately forget that long ago, by God's word, the heavens came into being and the earth was formed out of water, by water, and by these waters also the world of that time was deluged and destroyed. By the same word, the present heavens and earth are reserved for fire, being kept for the day of judgment, that is God's judgment, and destruction of the ungodly. But do not forget this one thing, dear friends. With the Lord, a day is like a thousand years, and a thousand years are like a day. Listen to verse 9. The Lord is not slow in keeping His promise, as some understand slowness. Instead, this is the heartbeat of God in the last days. In spite of all the scoffers, the mockers, do you know that those scoffers and mockers they can come to know Jesus Christ. Do you know why? Because of what Peter says here. Instead, 
He is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. God's heartbeat is that the world would come to know Him. God's heartbeat is that they all would come to repentance, though there will be those who will reject Him. God's desire is, let me be patient. They scoff and they mock and they say, well, you know, they used to talk about Jesus is coming soon, and that was 50 years ago, so what's going on here? Where is this coming that has been promised? Brothers and sisters, I say this again. We are closer now than we were then. We are hurtling toward eternity. We are moving at a, at a, at a breakneck speed toward the coming of the Lord. And I believe that we are, in fact, living in the last days. As we look around, the world is becoming evil and they are inventing new ways of becoming evil they are doing things that are against the word of God they are vilifying the word they are vilifying Christianity they are vilifying you as a Christian but I want you to know brothers and sisters we have got to stand our ground in the last days it's going to take men and women who will have a backbone who will have a spine who will stand up for righteousness and purity and holiness and be the men and women that God wants us to be I'm amazed at some of the things that are happening in the world and yet I'm not nothing shocks me very much anymore and yet there are times I still I look at the news and I see what's happening and I think, God, how much more evil can it become? How much more evil can happen? We look at what's happening in Syria and we think about what, what this man, what this, this dictator has done to his own people. You think about what, what half the world wants to do to each other. And it's an amazing thing. I'm amazed that at this point there's still is not this outbreak of, of wars, more wars than what we already see in the world. And I know that we just came out of Iraq. I know that that was a hotbed. That was such a controversial issue. That was such a problem. And, and you know, the mindset of America anymore is let's just be, let's just, let's turn within and let's forget about the world, forget about what's going on. Brothers and sisters, I know with all my heart that when you see the injustice of the world, you look around at what people are doing to their own people, what neighbor is doing to neighbor, family member is turning on family member. And we we see this kind of thing that's going on in the world, you can't help but say we are living in the last days. We are living in the last days. In this country, recently, there was a baker out in Oregon, Christian, who was called by a lesbian couple to come and to make a cake for their union, whatever it was. This baker didn't call anybody names, didn't stand with picket signs, they didn't go out on the street and start raving, they simply said, you know what our religious belief is, that we can't participate in that, so no, unfortunately we can't. All of a sudden, they begin to receive death threats at the bakery. They, people called and said, we hope that your children die. They called, they all of a sudden now, from that community, there, there were picket signs out in front of their bakery. They boycotted, they protested to the point where everybody was afraid to go into the bakery to patronize that business of those believers. 
They had to shut down the business, their livelihood, what it was that they were depending on to pay their bills, to pay their mortgage. Now they were shut down simply because now the evil has turned upon the church. It has turned upon even the religious beliefs that folks in their constitution we are allowed to have. And it has turned against the church. I want you to know, brothers and sisters, we are living in a diabolical last days and we've got to find a way to stand our ground. Brothers and sisters, I know that many times the tendency would be, well, let me shut my mouth. Let me cower in a corner. But God is not looking for men and women who will cower in a corner. He is looking for men and women to stand their ground. What did Paul do? What did Peter do in an age where Nero, a pervert, and somebody who was so wretchedly evil, was doing his very best to stamp out Christianity, let alone the Jews of of that day were doing their best to persecute their church as well. I want you to know, brothers and sisters, they didn't run off in a shelter and in a cave somewhere, but instead they stood their ground. And yes, they dispersed throughout the world. But you know what? When Paul went into another city after being almost nearly stoned to death in one, you know what he did in that city? He lifted his voice and he began to proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ. I want you to know if they shut you down on your job, you've got another place you can proclaim the gospel. If they shut you down in the school, you've got somewhere else that you can proclaim the word of the Lord. Just because they took prayer out of the schools doesn't mean the prayer has been taken out of the heart. I want you to know, brothers and sisters, that God has a people that will stand their ground in the day and age that we live in. Listen, let me just read on a little bit more. We're going to go back to a number of few key scriptures in these to find out how it is that we've got to be able to be strong and what it is that we're going to do, to do in faced with such evil. The Bible says this, but the day of the Lord will come like a thief. The heavens will disappear with a roar. The elements will be destroyed by fire. Those of you who bought into the idea that global warming, we're all just going to go into an ice age. No, no, no. Listen to what the word says. The elements will be destroyed by fire and the earth and everything done in it will be laid bare, since everything will be destroyed. Now, how are we going to handle all of this? How are we going to handle the fact that we live in the last days and we're going to be dealing with mockers and scoffers? Now, we're going to back up in Scripture. We're going to start at Second Peter. We're going to go back into Second Timothy again, and then we're going to go to the book of Acts. We're going to find out what we need to be as believers. How are we to live in this kind of age, in this kind of day, in the last days when we're dealing with people who are against what you believe? What are we to do? Listen to this. It says this, verse 11, Since everything will be destroyed in this way, what kind of people ought you to be? Here it is. You ought to live holy, that is set apart, and godly lives as you look forward to the day of God. That is that day when we see Him face to face. And John told us this in one of his epistles. He says, we don't know what we will be, but we know that we will be like Him, for we will see Him as He is. And speed, it's coming. The day, that day, will bring about the destruction of the heavens by fire, the elements will melt with uh, melt in heat. But in keeping with the, His promise, we are looking forward to a new heaven and a new earth where righteousness dwells. 
not sin, not the insanity that we see around, not the evil that is going on in the world, but righteousness, brothers and sisters, one day will dwell, and not only dwell, but will live in all the earth, in that new heaven and that new earth. Now listen to what Peter says. Here's what we've got to be. Not only are we to be holy, but he says this, holy and righteous and and live godly lives, Verse 14, so then, dear friends, since you are looking forward to this, make every effort to be found spotless, blameless, and at peace with him. You need to make every effort to live a life that honors God. We need to live in a manner that pleases the Lord, not ourselves. We have been bought with a price, and because we have been bought with a price, We have to live in honor to God. We've got to love Him. We've got to worship Him. We've got to say in a face of the world that says, we think you guys are nuts. We can stand and say we agree, but we're going to be nuts for Jesus. I love us. There was a song that DC Talk years ago recorded, and it was Jesus Freak. It was just a cranking tune, a rocking tune. Uh, For those of you who aren't familiar with rock, Um, you know, they, these guys sanctified it. They just, you know, but they recorded the the song, Jesus freak. They're going to make you look like a freak. That's all right. Be a Jesus freak. We've got to live in a life, live a life that honors him, that pleases him, live holy and godly lives. The world will try to taint you. The world would try to draw you in. The world would say, you've got to agree with me. And if you don't agree with me, I'm going to persecute you. You can say to yourself, God, you're going to have to help me through the persecution. But help me not to bow to the idols of the world. Help me not to bow to the sin that I see around me. Listen, the world is in the place of where Isaiah prophesied it will be. That they call, some call evil good and good evil. And that's the world that we're living in today. So what are we supposed to be and how are we supposed to live? We've got to live holy, live pleasing and godly lives before the Lord. But what else are we supposed to do? I want you to go back to 2 Timothy. Because Paul told Timothy, Timothy some important things. And it was this, starting at verse 14, 2 Timothy chapter 3, going back to verse 14. Actually, let me just start reading at verse 12, because because he, he points out something that's very important for us to recognize. Verse 12 says, in fact, everyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. No amount of confessing. No amount of professing faith over your problem, over the situation, is going to change that fact. If you love Jesus and you want to live a godly life, at some point or another, you will have persecution heaped on you. Now, in this country, persecution is becoming greater and, more, and stronger and more powerful. And they are emboldened. Many people are emboldened by even what the government is now standing behind. Government no longer is standing with the church, folks. They are standing with those who oppose the church. And so we have got to recognize that if we want to live a godly life in Christ Jesus, we will be persecuted. Verse 13, while evildoers and imposters will go from bad to worse. We're seeing that. Deceiving and being deceived. Now listen to what Paul tells Timothy. But as for you, continue in what you have learned. 
and have become convinced of because you know those from whom you learned it. He says, you have learned from us. You have learned from me, the Apostle Paul. You have learned from others. You have learned from your mother and your grandmother who held on to godly lives and lived godly lives. You have learned from them that in the day and age that we live in, you have got to cling to what is right and what is good. Now listen to this. And how from infancy you have known the Holy Scriptures. So not only, I'm going to read the rest of the verse in a moment, but I want you to listen to me. Not only are we to live holy and godly lives, the way that we do that is to cling to the Word of God. Brothers and sisters, now more than ever, we've got to read the Word, we've got to know the Word, we've got to dig in the Word. And can I challenge you, those of you who have a tendency to just go to the book of Psalms and try to find something that's going to help you emotionally through your day, can I encourage you to get into the New Testament where doctrine is taught, where doctrine is promoted, where it is that we find we are taught the things of God and the things that God wants us to know to help us to be strong in Him Get into the New Testament and fill your minds with what God wants us to be as believers in the day that we are living in. Get into the Word of God because the Word will keep you. He says, and how from your infancy, verse 15, you have known the Holy Scriptures which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. Brothers and sisters, when you talk to somebody about Jesus, the more you know the Scripture, the more you can put into their lives. You can sow the seed of the Word of God into their hearts. And I want you to know, though sin is abounding all around us, grace exceeds it. It does much more abound, as Paul says. Grace goes above it all. Grace is able to defeat the power of sin in somebody's life. But we cannot put it into their hearts if we don't know it. We've got to know the Scriptures. And he goes on and he elevates the Scripture to being inspired or God-breathed. This is not anything that any other religion can claim all scripture is god-breathed and is useful for teaching rebuking correcting and training in righteousness brothers and sisters no matter what they're promoting in our schools no matter what they're promoting in our higher education uh in in our colleges and universities no matter what it is i want you to know that the word of god is able to help you to be taught in the ways of the Lord, to be able to rebuke what is not right, correct those things that are incorrect, and train you in living living righteous in an unrighteous age. The Word of God, holiness, living a godly life, is going to help you in these last days. There is one final thing that's going to help you, and it is this. Go to the book of Acts. Chapter 2. Book of Acts, chapter 2. So in the last days, we are to live holy lives and godly lives. We are to cling to the Word of God. But there is something else that we must have. And I believe above all other things, this is vitally important for us now. 
And it is this. Acts chapter 2 and verse 16. It says this. Peter says these words. Actually, you know what? Let me back up just a little bit. Give you a little bit of background. A little bit of context. Go to verse 14. Then Peter stood up with the eleven. Raised his voice and addressed the crowd. Fellow Jews and all of you who live in Jerusalem. Let me explain this to you. Listen carefully to what I say. These people are not drunk as you suppose. It's only nine in the morning. No one's drinking at that hour. He says, we are not drunk. They had looked at them. They saw that the the Holy Spirit had been poured out. You can read about it earlier in the book of Acts. The Holy Spirit had been poured out in the upper room and it spilled out onto the streets, which is where revival really affects the world. Revival in the church is wonderful, but if it doesn't affect the world, then it's not revival. It's just an emotional time that might give you a lift. True revival will affect the world. He says this, No, this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. You can read about it in Joel chapter 2. In a later time, he's going to quote out of Joel chapter 2, and I'm going to read just a couple of scriptures. I'm not going to read it all, but he says this, In the last days, God says, I will pour out my Spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my Spirit in those days, and they will prophesy. I'm going to stop reading right there. So what we need in the last days is what God promises and what He promised through the prophet Joel in the last days. I will pour out my Spirit. Brothers and sisters, one of the missing components of many believers' lives is the baptism in the Holy Spirit. We are missing the power of God in our lives. We're missing the power of the Holy Spirit in our churches and in our situations. And I want you to know, brothers and sisters, more than anything else, in this church, you know what we need? We need a fresh infilling of the Holy Spirit. We need the Holy Spirit to be poured out. We are living in the last days. But the promise of God is not just that scoffers will come. Not just that there will be terrible times in the last days, but there will be an outpouring of the Holy Spirit in the last days that will revolutionize our lives. You say, how do we know the last days started with the apostles? Because he is now saying that he, the, that what Joel prophesied about the last days has just happened on the day of Pentecost. And so the last days have been projected and have been, have been going since that time. Brothers and sisters, we are living in the last days. And so I believe as believers we can expect God to pour out His Holy Spirit upon us. Listen, when you're discouraged and you're down and you feel as though nothing is going to help you, you need to begin to cry out for an infilling of the Holy 
Holy Spirit as never before. You say, Pastor, I come from a tradition that doesn't believe in the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Then I got to tell you today that you might be sitting in the wrong place because I believe and there isn't a shred of evidence in the Bible that says what God did for the, in the book of Acts for the apostles has ceased. There are those who believe in cessation. They believe that it somehow died somewhere after that early church. I don't find a shred of evidence in the Bible that says it has stopped. And more than ever before, brothers and sisters, we've got to have the power of the Holy Spirit because we are living in evil days. We are living in a time where evil is being uh, just unleashed and loosed upon our world. We've got to have the power of the Spirit. He says, this is what the prophet Joel talked about. This is that that he talked about. He said, in the last days, I'm going to pour out my Spirit. Brothers and sisters, we look around us and we say, oh, it's so evil. I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't know how I could handle things if it touched me and if it came against me. I want you to know, brothers and sisters, these apostles didn't worry about the evil that was going on around them. They knew the day and age that they lived in. They knew the time that they lived in. They just depended on the power of the Holy Spirit in their lives. Listen, when Paul went into a city it wasn't Paul who was able to do that work it was Paul through the power of the spirit who was able to reach a lost generation we are living in a time brothers and sisters that needs to know the genuineness of Christianity they need to know that it's genuine you know what I'm not interested in going out on the street corner and picketing I, that, that has no appeal to me whatsoever. You say, well, I, I do, Pastor. That's what I, I, I believe in. I gotta tell you, I believe in what God has told us in His Word that we must have. We've got to have the power of the Spirit so that when we encounter somebody, we can reach them with the gospel of Jesus Christ. We are living in a day and age, brothers and sisters, that needs to know the power of God. It's not just having a form of godliness that's going to make the difference. It is going to be having the power thereof. I don't want to be one of those who has a form of godliness but denies the power thereof. I, I, I got to tell you, God has set people free. He has broken the chains of sin in people's lives before He can do it again. I don't care what kind of evil. It doesn't matter what kind of sin we're seeing around us. It doesn't matter what kind of craziness is going on in the world. I want you to know the answer is Jesus. The answer is Him. The answer is the power of God. The answer is the power of the Holy Spirit in our midst. That God is able to do abundantly above all that we could ever ask or think. Don't look at the world and say, Oh, I don't know what I'm going to do. Oh, yes, you do. You know what you're going to do? You're going to get into the presence of God and say, God, I've got to have more of you. If I don't have you, God, I can't go out and I can't face the world. But I'm going to reach out and take hold of you. I'm going to reach out and take a hold of your hand and let the power of God come into my life. Brothers and sisters, we need the power of the Holy Spirit today as never before. You've got to reach out to Him. You've got to reach out to Him and say, Lord, help me to get into the Word of God. Listen, there are all kinds of distractions that can keep you from the Word, but the Word of God is going to help you to stand your ground. How can a young man keep his way pure? The psalmist said, David said in Psalm 119, he said, by keeping it according to Thy Word. 
You can't keep your way pure. You can't live a holy life without knowing the Word. You can't live a holy life without dependency on the Holy Spirit. Listen, brothers and sisters, I believe that God wants to fill us again and again and again, anew and afresh, not just in our meetings, but also in our private time with Him, in our times where we're alone with the Lord. Sometimes we think about the problems and we get depressed and down, discouraged, and, and I, I, I can do that from time to time too. But what we have to do in those moments, I believe, is just say, God, You've got to come into this situation. You've got to come and give us wisdom. Give us help. Let the light and the love of the Lord shine through us in a day and age where sin and evil is all around and the world doesn't care what you believe. I want you to know, brothers and sisters, God will keep you. He will keep you strong. You stay in the hand of God. You don't walk away from it. You don't compromise. You don't let the world dictate how it is that you're going to believe and what it is that you're going to do. But the power of God will come into your life and give you the power that you need. Let's stand to our feet right now. And I want everyone just to move to the front of this building. Just come to this altar right now. Just make your way right now to the front of this building. Just come right now. And let's call upon the name of the Lord together.